0: generation p246 hello bobcat nation hello to you who's tuned in right now i want you to know you matter to god we're gonna go into god's word right now and find truth to live our lives are you ready let's dive into it our subject for today's message is with god it is possible with god it is possible Let's say a quick word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the assurance that you give us from your word, that you are able, that you care, that you are willing to help, to provide, to protect, to guide, and to lead us. We open our hearts, lead us, move in our lives through your word as we listen to it. And transform us by your word. In Jesus name. Amen. Alright. Let's get right into it. Right from our subject. With God it is possible. We all know we are talking about possibilities. And when we are talking about possibility. Then there is that um, idea that there is probably a situation that seems impossible or difficult. And that is why we need that reassurance that with God, it is and it can be possible. Let's go into the text. Our first text is 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 42 through 44. Then a man came from Baal, Shalisha, and brought the man of God bread for the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley bread, and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, Give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, what? Shall I set this before 100 men? He said again. That's the man of God said again to his servant. Give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord. They shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them and they ate and had some left over according to the word of God. So. We have 20 loaves of bread and we are sharing that amongst 100 people. It seemed impossible to this servant. How can 100 men share just 20 loaves of bread and will they be satisfied? But they, according to the word of God, they ate it and they had some left over. This is in the old. We've, we've encountered a story similar to this when uh, people were fed with something that seemed little. And if you have been in church circles for some time, you may have heard that story in Sunday school at one point. If not, there is a story in the Gospels, and we're going to jump to that also. And that is in John chapter 6, when Jesus and his disciples are with a large group of people. And Jesus asks his disciples, can you find something for these people to eat? And the scripture says, John 6, verse 6, he says, But he said this to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may eat even a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are those among so many? Now the statement of this disciple, Andrew, and that of the servant of the prophet that we read in 2 Kings is almost similar. There is a command, there is an instruction. Feed 5,000 men with the five loaves that you found. Or go ahead and feed 100 men with the 20 loaves that you have here. And to to the people receiving this instruction, it seems absurd. It seems How is that possible? How can this little um, food cater for the needs of all these men or this crowd in the case of um, Jesus' story here in John? So that is typically the expression or the reaction that we also have when we hear or we receive inspiration from God concerning something that he desires to do in our lives or an intervention that he has for us. Most of the time, the word of God that may come to us, that is challenging us to a certain level of spiritual maturity or that is challenging us or or drawing us to an end that seems too far-fetched for us or to a promise that we have not even imagined is possible Most of the time, when that word comes to us, it seems impossible. It seems absurd. It seems, how can this be? So the servant's question, how do we serve 100 people with 20 loaves? And the disciples asking, but what is this in the midst of plenty people like this? is something that we can relate to. Because time and again, God may have said something to us through the word, through an inspiration he gives us. And we struggle to accept it as it is. And this is not particularly strange because in scripture, it is clear that our thinking is not always and cannot be at the level of God's thinking. In Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11, here is how it puts it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And he goes on to say this. As the rains and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth fruit, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing which I sent it. So this is so critical for our study today. With God, it is possible. That's our subject. And we've established that whenever we hear the word of God, which could be a promise that he has for us or could be a destination he's taking us to and he's challenging us to mature to get to that point it can sometimes seem unthinkable to us and it's it's not far-fetched because that is what scripture really talks about that my thoughts as god is on a different level than your thoughts and sometimes your ways most of the time your ways are not like my ways so when we receive that word from god it might seem too far-fetched or we don't know how it's going to happen But this scripture explains it to us that, yes, it's okay that we have that struggle initially, but we have to understand that word of God that has been spoken as high as it may seem and as difficult as it may be for us to wrap our minds around it. That word is certain to be successful and to be accomplished in the thing for which God has sent it to be. So. That is one thing that we have to note: that the word of God that is going to come to us is potent, is powerful, and it is going to accomplish what it was sent to accomplish. And here's how the scripture puts it in Hebrews: it says that for the word of God is living and powerful, and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and marrows, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is powerful, is living, is sharp, and it it, it performs the work for which it is sent. So that is so powerful. The word of God is powerful. And when we encounter the word, our response to the word, as we have seen from the reading in 2 Kings and that of John, the messenger of the prophet and the disciples of Jesus both reacted in a way that was one of more of unbelief in that word happening. And that is normally how we respond or react to the word of God. And it's just because our minds will logically try to fill in the gaps between the prophetic word of that end goal, or the destination of that promise that we see in the word that we encounter from God, and our current situation, the gap between where we are now and where the word speaks of us being, we want to be able to fill in all the details in that gap. And when our mind doesn't have the answers to that, we naturally may end up questioning how is this possible? And sometimes the question can be one of not just inquiry to know, but one of doubt that is not possible because I don't see all of these processes happening so we see constraints we see limiting factors we see things that do not that are not yet in place to guarantee the end that the word may be predicting or talking of concerning our lives and that's the struggle we have but God expects us to respond to the word in a different way for it to benefit us the way he desires for us if we just react to it this way with our emotions and we react to it just trying to rationalize every detail and find answers for the gaps that we do not have answers for at the time we are receiving the word we may miss out on the promise that that word holds now the protocol to activating the promises of god or the benefits that are within the word is is not doubt, is not unbelief, is not just questions. Rather, it is faith and obedience. We're going to see that in the text. Now here in Hebrews 4, we read, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in those who heard it. So here's the first key, the gospel, the good news, the word of God, the promise, that declaration, the gospel, it it did not profit them. They could not maximize the re- re- returns on that word because they did not mix it with faith. So that's our key point right there. When we receive the word the good news the gospel the promises of god concerning our lives and we do not mix it with faith we cannot realize the fullness of that promise in our lives so we see here the first protocol is faith they didn't mix it with faith so they did not realize all the promise or they didn't fully experience that promise and we go on still in hebrews um, verses 6 of chapter 4 goes on to say this since therefore it remains that some must enter it and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience so this scripture this verse also gives us the second key that to be able to activate the promises of god or fully benefit from that promise of god concerning our lives we need to be obedient. So first we saw they didn't mix it with faith so they could not realize the fullness of that gospel. And also they could not enter into the promise that was preached because of disobedience. So faith and obedience are two essential ingredients that we need to activate the fullness of every word that God has said concerning us now let's put that into perspective in a practical situation here from the story of Mary the mother of Jesus now in Luke 1 26 through 38 that's where that story is we're just going to run through some few parts the angel appears to Mary and has a word for Mary and here's what the angel says and the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, he was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting it was. And the angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you would conceive in your womb and you bring forth a son, and he shall his his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great, he will be called the Son of the Most High. He And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, it goes on to talk about how this would be. And and, And the angel answered and said before that. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now the angel goes on to tell Mary another story that could benefit and help her to receive this news so well. He says now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. I call that a faith booster right there, Mary. This is the promise of God. You, who are a virgin, you are going to conceive and give birth to your Savior, God in the flesh, as Jesus. And he says. This is going to be possible because the spirit of God will come upon you and cause this to happen. And if it seems difficult to grasp it already, I want you to see that there's a miracle happening now in the life of your relative, Elizabeth. That she who was even considered barren and older than you is in this moment right now in her six month of pregnancy. Now, that's a testimony, that's a miracle that should help Mary and boost her faith in this moment. And that that is something that the Spirit of God does for us also. Sometimes the situation you are dealing with and the, the, the promise that God has for you in your future, he's going to bring you into contact with somebody who has walked that path before or somebody who is experiencing Something similar to that promise that you are also hoping for. Now, when you encounter such a person or you hear the news, it's, it's in the right place for you to rejoice and just cheer that person on and say, yes, if God has done it for my sister or my brother, he can do it for me as well. And that should boost your faith. So you, 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 you're going to get the opportunity to hear something that is happening in somebody's life, something that is good, and you just draw from that. That if God is working in this way in their lives and this situation was not a limitation, then in my situation too, this cannot be a limitation. I'm going to trust God for it. So that's why I call that Elizabeth interjection there a faith booster. It's almost what the scripture says that they overcame him in revelations by the blood of the lamp and the word of their testimony. There's a challenge. There's something you need to overcome. And when you have a testimony, the testimony of others, of how God has worked in and through them, that can also become your weapon. You fight with that testimony that he did it. And so he can do it again. Amen. So we go on here, continuing the word. And it says that she's now in the sixth month, who the one who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. In essence, Mary said, Yes, I'm in, let it happen. Yes, I trust you, and I'm 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 ready to do what it takes. Let's go. And that is the protocol to activating the promises of God in our lives. When we we, we, we have a word, we have Uh, a promise that we see as too far-fetched that we struggle to embrace we are not supposed to react to it emotionally and even just rationally think through it and punch holes and say this is not possible but we have to yes think through it but embrace that word by responding in faith and obedience and moving in the direction of that word And this is what we see in Mary's life, because at the end of the declaration, Mary says, all right, yes, I believe it. Let it be unto me according to your word. And here's what we are picking out of that. When you encounter the word of God, we read in Hebrews that you mix it with faith to benefit from it, and you walk in obedience to fully enter into that promise. So what does faith mean? in this situation look like. It's you saying, I believe you, Lord, and I trust you. So for that word that God has given to you, that has has laid on your heart, when you read the text in your study, uh, in, in, in a fellowship meeting, wherever you encountered that word, an inspiration you got, your response to that, to be able to fully benefit from that word, is to say, I trust you, Lord, and I believe you. And that is faith. I trust you and I believe you. Then walking in obedience. We read in Hebrews when they failed to enter into that promise because of disobedience. So we want to enter into the promise of of the word of God. So we want to walk in obedience. And that's just you saying, I am willing to do whatever it takes. So for every word of God you've heard, first, you are receiving it by faith. I trust you, Lord, and I believe you. Next, obedience. You are saying, I am willing to do whatever it takes. And your next point is, you move, you move, you move. And that is you showing that you have checked off the first two. You have faith, you're obedient, and now you move because you want to experience the rewards of that promise. So here is how we maximize the promises of God and benefit from every word of God that concerns our life or that God has spoken about our future. When we encounter that word, we don't just react to it and begin to see constraints because we rationally think through it and cannot find answers for for where we see gaps. I'm not there yet. I don't have it all together. I need to be in this place before I can experience that. We do not focus on those gaps. What we do, or what God expects us to do, is to respond in faith. And that's you just saying, I believe you, God, and I trust you. And it's for you to walk in obedience. That's you saying, I am willing to do what it takes, Lord. And then to move. So you say two things. You say, I believe. You say, I trust you. You say, I'm willing. But now you show do you really believe? Do you really trust? Are you really willing to do it? You show it. And the showing is where your action comes. Is when you move. Is when you move because you want to experience the rewards of that promise. So for every word that God has spoken, faith, obedience, action. And that is how you maximize and you fully benefit from that promise concerning your life. And the thing is, it's in your action that you begin to see the manifestation of that word. So like Jesus told the disciples, go ahead, take the bread, I've blessed it. And he says, begin to share it amongst the people in their action. First, they have have to have faith that this man better know what he's talking about. Well, he raised that cripple. Well, he, he, he raised that man from the dead. Well, he healed those blind eyes. So they have reason. They say, well... I have faith. Well, I believe him. I'm willing to do what it takes. I am obedient. Now they show it by actually taking that bread and breaking it and beginning to distribute it. And the miracle will take place in their obedience. As they break the bread and continue to distribute it, then God is working in that process. And before they realize, oh, they still have the bread, it's multiplying. It's not is not running out and the miracle of feeding the multitude with just the five loaves and two fish is now happening because in their obedience god is working out that miracle and it's the same what do you have in your hand god asked moses i just have this rod says well drop that rod you are in front of pharaoh and his magicians are there and they are doing all their their gimmicks now, what do you have? Moses just has a rod. But Moses' experience with the rod is one that is so personal. He probably even underestimates it. It's just this rod. But God says, well, I can use it. You need to have faith. You need to be obedient. You need to move in action. Moses drops that. We see in the text in the old that that, that rod becomes a serpent and swallows up all the other serpents. He picks it up. Moses is standing in front of that river. The The Egyptians are coming. The people of God are phased. With that obstacle of the sea, now what do you do, Moses? God help us, Moses prays. God says, "What do you have in your hand? Begin to use it." And that's what I see as the 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 the, the challenge that we are going to face most of the time. You are in that situation. God has spoken a word of deliverance for you. You see a limitation. But to overcome that limitation, you need to believe in the word, have faith in the word, because you have faith in God. You need to be obedient, be willing to do what it takes. Now you need to be able to move in action because you want to experience the rewards of that promise. So drop that, 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 that rod or point it to the sea. It's like the, the, the widow who's, 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 um, whose detectors were coming after her children and the man of God came to her home and said, what is happening? What do you have at home? And she's like, I don't have anything. I just have these empty vessels or gallons or bottles or pitchers go ahead and get some more, borrow some more. That thing which you have in your hand is what God is going to use in that situation you are in. Maybe your challenge that you are dealing with now, the gaps you see between your your current situation and the expected result that God has for you is one that you feel you don't have all the skills to be able to make that income, to be able to be in that place or that location to be able to be in that relationship but God is is telling you right now what do you have in your hands that you are willing to trust me and let go and see me work a miracle through it because you're gonna have to start from somewhere you're going to start from a place and God is interested in what you have now and he wants to use that so you work with what you have in your hands You might, you might be looking for that big gig somewhere and probably you have a skill. You can, you can, you can, you can braid hair. You can, you can create things. You have a skill that could be like a side hustle, but you never know when you entrust that gift, that skill into God's hands. As you work the skill and become diligent in it, you never know how God, who may have spoken to you concerning Maybe a financial breakthrough will work through that skill that is like your rod in your hand that you don't, you don't regard and work through that skill and create for you an income stream that will far outrun out and reward you than that massive job opportunity you were looking for. You never know. But how do you experience the rewards and the returns on that promise of financial blessing that God may have for you? Faith in that word and in God. Obedience, being willing to do what it takes. And then action, moving because you want to experience the rewards of that promise. And you show that you have said you have faith. You show that you have said you're obedient by moving and working it out. And that is what causes all the impossibility to fade away. The thing that seemed like a challenge before you made your first move. When you begin to move, you are just stepping into the realm where possible is the only language you know. And when you begin to move, God works through that action and begins to work things behind the scenes that you don't know. Now, the word of God to you might not be one for your financial deliverance it might be one that god is speaking of the deliverance of your soul and you feel that you are so far gone you have the opportunity to give your life to christ to be translated from darkness into light that that state of sin which we inherit as man has been paid through the sacrifice of jesus christ so you can inherit his righteousness And then from that place of acceptance, you strive to continue to be like him. You have the opportunity to be saved and you can pray with me as we pray out at the end and say, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Come and live in my heart. Make me a new man. And I love you, Lord. Give me your spirit and write my name in the book of life. You can pray that and pray it from your heart and you will receive the spirit of God in you. Now, beyond this greatest miracle, God may have spoken a word concerning your career, concerning your future, concerning your relationships. And it might seem hard to grasp now because your current situation seems too far away from that word. It's almost like feeding 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. But will you walk in faith? Will you say, I trust you, God, and I believe you? Will you walk in obedience? Will you say, I'll do whatever it takes? That might mean revisiting that resume and writing it well and having someone take a look at it and help you fine tune it. That might mean doing some extra research after the hours so that you can get, 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 you can sharpen that scale. That might mean sitting on the tutelage with someone who is better than you so that you can understand that assignment or understand that, that project better. Now, Doing whatever it takes might mean being humble to go through a certain season of training. So whatever it takes is whatever it takes. And you heard the word of God concerning your life and your future. You believe God. You're ready to do whatever it takes. And you're ready to walk in action, move in action because you want to experience the, re- the rewards. As you do this, faith, obedience, and action, you're going to see the promises of God coming to pass in your life you're going to experience the rewards and the returns on god's promise and nothing shall be impossible we're going to say like mary said let it be unto me according to your word and whatever you have said lord yes we believe you we are in let's go god is going to do a great work in us through us by us for us with us all for his glory and if you believe this i want you to say wherever you are right now lord i believe you lord i believe your promises let it be so unto me according to your word and as i walk and as i move in action begin to do the impossible in my life thank you lord jesus we're going to close out in prayer and i want you to believe god's word And whatever God has placed on your heart, whatever you've been thinking about so much, worrying, how is this possible? I want you to know with God, it is possible. Now your mind is going to go into the gaps. Has this been done? What about this? What about that? Now your response should be believing the word by faith, being ready to do whatever it takes to do it, and then taking the first step. We're going to pray that God will move on our behalf and move in us. Lord, I thank you for your word. We are faced with diverse challenges and situations and our mind cannot wrap around it and we cannot find answers. We come to you because we know you are able, you are willing, and you are for us. And our thoughts are not like your thoughts, our ways are not like your ways. You have ways of going about and doing things that we would never understand until the end when you give us that benefit of looking back and seeing what God did. And today I pray for my brother or sister on the other side of the screen that God, you will move in our lives, bring us to the place that you have promised us. Help us not to give up, but to continue in you, having faith in you, obeying you and making that first step in any area of our lives, in our relationships, in our career, finances, in our spiritual growth. Lord, help us and do a great work in and through us. I thank you, Lord for the testimonies we would hear because of the miracles, signs, and wonders that is happening in our lives after we had faith and after we obeyed and after we made our move. Do this and do a great work in us and through us for your glory. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I trust that this word has blessed you. Continue in the word. And the promises that God has said concerning us, we are going to see it happen in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Take care.